Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hi, everybody. Hey, friends. I have a weird voice. It was sexy last night. Today, it's like I could be in puberty. We've got a great show for you today. We're talking about kids as accessories. Does what our kid wear reflect on us? Should it? Then we're talking about starting over. It really is an art, an art that Carrie and I are far too familiar with. So getting to that. As always, we have our hashtag swag bag. But up next, take it away, child. The tits and the shits. So my shits are, I'm so tired of everyone being sick all the time. Luna gets sick, then I get sick. Then Luna gets sick again, then I get sick again. Then maybe Lee gets sick. I'm just so tired of it. I know. It's not COVID, so that's good. But now I also work in a school. So we got two schools to deal with. I'm just so tired of it. I just want to be well. So that's one of my shits. Then on a whim, I decided to semi-permanently dye my hair brown just to match my roots. My colorist left. How dare he? He's only been my colorist for two decades. And my friend, he moved to Palm Springs, which is a little far for me to commute to get a hair color. (laughs) I semi-permanently dyed my hair brown. Don't like it. It is my natural color, but I do not like being bland. I do not like being regular. I like being extra. So then in Carrie Sotero extra form, I took a razor and scissors to it and just hacked at it because I'm trying to grow it out, but it gets really big around the ears. So I'm just feeling extra (laughs) troll-like. I'm just like a full-on troll. I'm a sick, brown, pale troll with a hacked-up haircut. I had Lee do the back because I was like, I really went at it. He's like, oh, I love being a hairdresser. Things you never want to hear from your husband who's not a hairdresser. No. Can you please reach out to my hair colorist? I need an intervention. I need someone to take my hands and tape them. You got to find somebody close by. You know, sometimes I feel frustrated and ugly, and I'm just like, I'm going to do everything all at once. (laughs) So that's my shit. I think it's funny because I... I just said sometimes I feel just so terrible and ugly because my tits, people who've been listening to the show for a long time know that I am nothing but a braggadocia. It's one of my best and worst qualities, I think. I just want to say that lately I have just felt like Damn, I am so great and talented at so many things. I feel like it's important to remind yourself. I don't say this to other people. I, well, I mean, I'm saying it to all of you. You are 100% saying it to a lot of other people right now. Right, and I say it to Ashley and I say it to my close friends. But recently, people have been coming over my house. I've been throwing a little bit of local gatherings. But everyone's like, oh my God, did you have a designer for this house? I was like, uh, me. And they're like, you're really great at mixing new stuff and quirky stuff and classic stuff. I was like, well, I did go to art school which I did. And so people have been asking me to help them with design stuff for their house. And I've been using my art degree a lot lately. I'm really good at school. I'm getting straight A's. I'm just like, wow, I'm so talented. (laughs) Which I'm only saying that because I think it's a funny dichotomy for me being like, I'm a terrible, ugly troll person. (laughs) I may be ugly, but I am talented. Let me tell you. But the bigger tit is my sister had her baby. After three boys, she had a girl. Her name is Isla Wren. I like that name, Isla. She was born on the 24th. They knew she was going to come a little early and she's doing well and she goes home today. And Isla has a double cleft palate and double cleft lip and we're all together as a family learning what that means and learning how to be supportive and learning what we can do, what we can't do. I just mean like feeding wise and stuff like that. Right. She'll probably have a surgery at three months and another one at six months. And she has the most severe of the clefts, but also the most positive outcome now that she's been born and seeing how her face is formed and what 
what bones are developed and what needs to happen. So it's better than they thought it was going to be? Yeah. And the fact that she has a lot of extra skin is actually better. It looks weirder. It looks like she's got big old booger. Yeah. But it's actually better because it's harder to like make skin than it is to use what you already have. Makes sense. And her chin is fully beautifully formed and her nose is beautifully formed. She really is. She's a very pretty little baby. She's beautiful. And so you never know what's going to happen. You know, she was on a feeding tube for a little bit. So she had a mixture of breast milk and feeding tube to try to get that stomach to a good size. But now she's off oxygen, off feeding tube, feeding fine, doing everything fine. And I'm just so incredibly amazed by my sister who she's a freak just like me. And she's anxious about a lot of things. But having kids is not one of them. She really is kind of amazing and embraces the chaos. So congratulations to my sister and her husband, Scott and Gina, and all those little boys. It's my sister's birthday on the 23rd. Her baby was born on the 24th. And it's Chasey Beans, Chase's name, but I call him Chasey Beans, birthday on the 25th. Well, congratulations. My Titsara had a very nice Thanksgiving. Went to my parents' house for almost a week, which was really, really nice. Of course, there was sickness involved. Oh, God. Basically, everybody, except for my dad, everyone got sick. This always happens when we go up there. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just being in a very relaxed place. Your immune system is like, all right, now's the time. Now's the time to get sick. It was a really nice Thanksgiving. I am not one for Thanksgiving food. No, me neither. My mom knocked it out of the park this year. She's a great chef, went to culinary school. She always knocks it out of the park, but this was the best. My shits are, since last night, I have felt like I have had a pill stuck in my throat. Oh, I hate that feeling. It is awful. And I've been drinking liquids. To my knowledge, there is no pill stuck in my throat. I don't understand what's happening. And it's driving me fucking crazy. And I don't know what to do. But we have some news to share with you guys. Our second segment is about starting over. Our announcement to you guys is starting in January, we will no longer be working with Cafe Mom. I think it's for the best, in all honesty. It was a partnership that really worked well for us at the time. But we've been feeling growing pains. And I think they've been feeling growing pains. Yep. They know that we've been feeling growing pains and they gave us a contract that was really respectful of that. Yes. I think for me, well, I guess this is a tit and a shit. The tit is I've got two legs and two arms and two eyes and two ears. And I, like Carrie, have continuously taken my career into my own hands, continuously bootstrapping, continuously starting over. And when things happen at Scary Mommy, that was a really, really tough blow because we were talent for hire. I personally had felt like this is the best gig I've ever had. Right. I'm living the dream. And Mom Trash has been so much of everything that we have made it to be. So I don't feel that way. I know that we're going to continue on doing a great great show for you guys, a show that Carrie and I love doing, a show that we're proud to present to you guys. I guess we should let you know we are going to take the month of January off to kind of figure out what our next step is. At the end of the day, it comes down to money because we're two working moms who have other jobs outside of this and there isn't always time to dedicate to editing the show. So that's a finance issue. So we may take January off. We have not decided yet. We will let you guys know, but my shits in this are, I am tired 
of having to start over. I have started over so many times. I feel like this isn't that big of a start over because it's still our show. Everything about it is still ours. The scary mommy one was way harder. Right. This is a different situation. We get smarter every time. And we were pretty smart this time. Two things. One is we have been through it all when it comes to podcasting, I'd say at this point. We have been doing it for four years, since 2019. We've literally been through everything. So I am going to shamelessly plug if you're somebody who's looking to start your own podcast or you have a podcast that you are needing help gaining some footing we do podcast consulting that is popping off we do have clients things are going well so check us out it's mosttalkative.net you can also email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com but more importantly if we do take a little month break which you guys know we very very rarely take weeks off we constantly churn things out for you no matter what happening in our lives. Please, 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 and I cannot stress this enough, if you do not already, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on social media. It's at Momtourage Podcast. Our biggest presence is Instagram. If you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to your podcast, this is going to give you updates when a new episode comes out if we do end up taking a break. And while you're there, rate and review, please, because we could use that too. And by review, I mean write a review. It could be three letters. It doesn't matter. It could be good. Write us a review. It could just be like, love it. It doesn't matter. The more you guys write and give us a review, then we get on charts. People will hire us and give us money. We want to get a really big partnership with a really big podcasting network and we need numbers and reviews and all kinds of stuff. So anything that you guys can do, we would really appreciate it. You can consider it your holiday gift to us. One that we so badly want. So please give it to us. For these ho-ho-hos over here. And it's totally free and it'll take you less than five minutes. Do it while you're taking a dump. We would love if you would do it when you were taking a dump. Tell us. In the reviews that I'm writing this while on the john. We know more of you listen to us than are subscribed. So just subscribe. We love you. When I don't have an episode out early on a Wednesday, I get texts and calls like, where's my episode? Where's my episode? I don't really want to take a break. We may not. We're still figuring it out. This is kind of the worst time for all of this shit to happen because it's the holidays and we're, like you, already inundated with life. It's a lot for us to also work on this. So we're not sure yet. I've been thinking that... Ashley and I could do short, unedited episodes where we just gab or I provide as a teacher of kids tip or a meditation and Ashley and I could do back and forth. Ashley could just gossip. Some other alternative to what we normally do to give you content, to be in your ear holes. Yeah, just to keep it coming. But it wouldn't be edited and polished like we have now. We'll get back to you. Also, another reason to make sure you're following us on Instagram if you're not already. Again, Momtourage Podcast. Because we we will keep people abreast there. That is a way to hear from us more than just on Wednesdays or more than when you just listen to the podcast. So follow us there so that you can stay updated. Instead of abreast, I like to say a titty. I will keep you a titty of what's going on. So segment one, completely from my brain. There are no references except the dirty recesses of my mind. Kids as accessories. So let me preface this by saying we were staying at my father-in-law's fancy elder resort that he lives in. Mm -hmm. And they have rooms for family that you can stay in. Like a little hotel you can rent if you need to. Kind of. Luna was up with grandpa and daddy and I was getting together her swimsuit and some clothes and whatever we would need for the rest of the day so she didn't have to come back. And I was putting together 
better outfit. And I had this thought, like, I feel like we don't have a good outfit. And I checked myself. I was like, why do I care what she looks like? One, we're in Cleveland, Ohio. Two, we're with family. What do I care? I think because I'm a mindfulness teacher, I went down the mindfulness path of what that said about me. I've just been noticing lately since moving to Montclair that I am a little bit more aware of how I'm presenting and how she's presenting. I think because we are in new circles and I've never been a person that cares. I mean, I care a little bit, but I mostly do things for me. I mean, if we're going to speak totally honest, I do definitely think you care. Yeah, I do think I care. In my list of things I love about you, I think you're a little bit of a snob. I feel like I care, but it's to my own aesthetic. Yes, I would agree with that. It's not like you're snobby when it comes to other people, but you're like, look at this, it's bespoke. Right. But it's always in reference to you and only you. So I went down this rabbit hole and I started to think about what I see in other people that I know and other people with kids and started to think like, okay, kids as accessories. We've heard this theme before. Like, I'm you have the perfect family. I have a house here and a summer house and 2.5 kids or whatever the frick that number is that people say. So I started to think like, what is it about me caring for a second or for longer about what my kid looks like? So here's what I've come up with. Some people that I have witnessed have a whole family cohesive look. Yes. And it looks like they want to have that. Totally. And we're not talking about Christmas jammies. We're talking about when they leave the house. It may not be matching outfits, but there's a color scheme or vibe for the day. I know a bunch of families that have a very specific aesthetic and the kids have it too. It's not just the parents. It's like a beanie, a quiet luxury coat, really hard to get sneakers, the Zara collection of neutrals. And I'm like, I don't think your kid picked that out. Right. Obviously your kid only has to wear what you bought for them. You're buying these clothes and the whole family has a cohesive look. You could find a Pinterest board and the whole family, when they go out, they look like that. And I've actually encountered some families where I've tried to give clothes away of Luna's that are really nice. And they say no? Yeah. It doesn't fit our vibe. <laughs> I am in shock. Really? Yeah. And then their little kid is like, I want that. And the mom's like, it doesn't fit our vibe. I think, weirdly, I've experienced it more in Montclair than I did in Brooklyn. I can see that. Brooklyn's snobbier in some ways. Brooklyn is bootstrappy. And Montclair is not bootstrappy. Right. Montclair is like people who are established in their careers, have a lot of money. They buy a big house. Not all of Montclair, but the area that I am in. Most of Montclair. Yeah. For those of you who are not from New Jersey, Montclair is very much the bougie town you live in in New Jersey. Instead of living in New York. That in Princeton. Yeah. Except Montclair is much closer to the city. For me, my opinion of Montclair was always, if you want people to know you've hit a certain status yeah. of your life, you live in Montclair. Me too, which is why I recommended it to Lee and he liked it. Right. We are bougie. So some people let their kid march to their own drummer. And you see that. That's like the kid that you're at the grocery store and they're wearing like half of superhero pajamas, a tutu, and two different Crocs. I think I fall somewhere in between the two of those. I had the realization the other day that I was concerned what I felt like was for the first time that I was aware that I cared what my kid wore because I felt like it reflected on me. And then I immediately checked myself and thought, why does the way that my five-year-old dress reflect on me, negative or positively? The first thing that I thought was people would think that I was not an active parent in my kid's life or that my kid was not well cared for. I think that comes from, you know, Luna's a rabble rouser. She said fucking preschool multiple 
multiple times. She's a chronic <laughs> masturbator in school. We've had a lot of conferences. You don't need any more issues. You don't need them to think she's a neglected child. <laughs> I can actually really understand the thinking behind that. I don't fault you for she that. She says vagina a lot. I'm like, CPS is going to come and wonder <laughs> if this girl has something wrong in the household. There's a Halloween song about witches flying over stitches, and she added the word bitches to it and said it in school. <laughs> witches flying with bitches. We've had so many calls about masturbation and saying the word fuck that I'm like, if I send this girl in looking like the wreck of the Hespers. I think that's fair. I normally wouldn't agree with you on giving a shit about what people think, but when you say it like that, that is a very good point. I don't fault you for that either. I would do the same thing. I would be like, we can't afford anything else. Sometimes Sebastian gets a bruise or something on him, and I'm like, God damn it, they're gonna think we hit our kid. They're not gonna realize he just walked into some shit. I'm like, her lunch better have vegetables in it. She better come with her hair brushed, and her clothes better look okay, because it looks like she's a neglected child from her mouth, what she's saying, and her actions. (laughs) And then the other thing I think that I'm worried about is, you know, I do have a sense of imposter syndrome around money. Mm -hmm. I grew up feeling poor. My mom hates that I say that, because we definitely had enough, but the neighborhood that I lived in was of high wealth. Right. It was an affluent neighborhood. And my mom moved in with her parents and all my aunts and uncles into a house. I was always provided for. My mom, as she should have, valued things like me being in a good school, me having lots of lessons, us going away on vacation over fancy clothes. We never had a maid. We didn't have a driver. Some of these kids had drivers. It was that kind of wealth, you know. Lee rolls a little bit higher than I have. And so now I'm rolling a little higher. It's not like Lee's rolling crazy, but I was a single girl living in New York, barely able to make rent because I was an artist and a yoga teacher. I'm just not used to certain things. I'm used to having to scrap. I feel a little bit impostery when I'm in places where people just have been able to provide for themselves. It's like a trauma response or something. I'm always like, oh, I'm at the parent-teacher conference in a dress from Goodwill. But you know, I'm that girl. I never not want to have a dress from Goodwill, but I am aware of it, that I'm not wearing something from the row. Listen, I have a little boy. He could very easily just be an absolute dirt grub, nasty little thing. And he often does have dirty fingernails. So while I completely understand your thinking behind it, and honestly, if I was getting a lot of calls about Sebastian with things like that, I would be the same way. Thankfully, he does also have a uniform. I just have to make sure it's clean and not an absolute mess. Well, she will next year. That's going to help you a lot. You and I are two people who are still very much like we love what not to wear. We're very much from the philosophy of how you dress is how you present yourself to the world and how the world is receiving you. It's also how I feel when I show up in something. It's like armor. There's a reason I carry red lipstick with me everywhere I go. And I don't always wear red lipstick. It's because sometimes I just need a fucking pick me up. Yeah. Or something that makes me feel good. If I'm wearing a jumpsuit, I feel protected. Agreed. I love jumpsuit life. With our kids, it's also the same thing. It's not that I need him to look wealthy. I just want him to look like a well-presenting kid. I guess when you really boil it down, it's, yeah, other people's perceptions of you. But I don't really think that your kid is any different than you doing it yourself. Here's the thing about parenting. I don't know if you guys know this. It's really hard. Every single thing that you do with your child is essentially a lesson. You're teaching them something. You're enforcing something. Everything. And you're learning something because it's constant feedback. I'll tell you, I used to be the most reactionary person and I still am quite reactionary. 
but I used to be so much more so where it was like someone would ask something and I would jump down people's throat and it's not like I meant to it was just my reaction my you know whatever inside of me did those things Sebastian does that now and it is such a look in the mirror for me I know Luna's constantly temper tantrum hissy fit dysregulated I'm like that's a mirror yeah I'm always like Sebastian you don't have to jump down people's throat for one statement it's fine it's not the end of the world in that you're also teaching your kids if you dress nicely nicely doesn't mean brands it just means clean no holes looks put together it matches you're teaching your kid that the way you present yourself in the world is how you're going to be perceived and I don't see anything wrong with that because that's the truth of the world when you see somebody who looks dirty to say that that is not where we should be in the world fine you can say that all you want but it is where we are and it is how all of us function maybe you see somebody walking towards you that looks like an absolute mess and you yourself kind of relate to that and you're like I relate to this person I like that person you have a preconceived notion of something absolutely and I think teaching your kids that is just teaching them the way the world works yeah I don't see anything wrong with it now we are not a matching family by any means sometimes do our looks maybe align I guess me and Matt have similar vibes we dress our child and I would never turn down nice free clothes no I wouldn't either we're not a matching family although I sometimes want Luna to dress like me and sometimes Luna wants to dress like me but I would not say that we are a matching family I wouldn't call you guys that at all your family is cohesive in the way you physically present we've got a vibe which is like a little kooky totally so I want my kid to be an independent artistic free thinker because that's how I hope that I am and how I want to be why should I try to have her dress in a way that I want if that's what I want from her is to be independent and artistic. And moreover, why am I caring the kind of impression visually that I and my family are making on others? I'll pick out what I think is a cute outfit for Luna. And Luna is a fashionista, for sure. And she'll be like, no, I want to wear this. And I'm like, I don't like that. And I've just started being like, fuck it. Just let her wear it. As long as it's appropriate, it's not dirty or has stains or rips or anything. Somewhat matches. Or not. I've just lately checked myself and just been like, whatever. Because she has a vision And she is strong with her vision. And she is definitely artistic and definitely independent. I've done that in spades. So if that's what I want on the inside for her to be, why am I checking it on the outside? And then if I think that I'm an independent free spirit thinker, then why am I having those thoughts anyway? It's a real like meta moment. Because it's unrealistic to deny that that's the truth of life. But in thinking about it with her, I've started to be like, well, I need to do the work on me because I'm not showing up well either then. I'm not showing up in my truest version of myself when I go to the PTA meeting, when I go to whatever, and I'm worried about that. Yeah, but I don't know you to not present the way you feel your best. School drop off, I'm like in pajamas. Fine, but that's a different situation. I have never seen you in an outfit that doesn't represent who you are. So I don't even think it's something you need to worry about. It goes so far that when I was helping out at Luna's school and I was just with the two teachers, who I kind of know because I've substituted at that school, I said, oh, I got to go home and change before the thing tonight. And they're like, why? You look so cute. And I was like, oh my God, every time I go to one of these parent things, all the parents have like a Balenciaga bag. And here I am with that J. Crew from Goodwill. And they were like, you look so cute and put together. This is so you. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, first of all, I can't believe I just unpacked that. It's obviously such an embarrassingly big deal in my mind that I just unpacked it to these 
teachers. I felt so embarrassed. I was like, oh my God, why am I using these teachers as Fran, my therapist? You're not. There are teachers in that school. They absolutely get what you're saying. So the other thing is kids ruin all the clothes anyway. I buy her something expensive and then there's glue and paint all over it. I bought her like Stan Smith's and there was just paint all over them the next day. It was so frustrating. Or they lose it. Yeah. They lose their clothes too. So why fucking buy anything nice anyway for those little bitches? Here's my thing. Distinctly thinking about using kids as an accessory. I know a very distant person in my life and she has a daughter. This little girl's like three. She has red bottoms. They always have her carrying fake Chanel bags. I'm assuming they're fake. There are people at Luna School that have multiple Montclair jackets. But this is a three-year-old girl. She's going to grow out of that so quickly. That's something I don't understand. It's one thing to want to present yourself as a put-together human being or have your child present themselves as a put-together human being. It's a whole other thing to be like, my three-year-old has red bottoms. Sometimes people get it for you as a gift or sometimes it's just a cute little inside joke because you like something. So I don't want to fully judge on that. But that's a different situation than I think just teaching your kid to present themselves decently. My final thoughts are, what do I care if my child exudes style and quiet luxury? No kid is quiet luxury. She might be a little Carrie Bradshaw, which is pretty cool. Yeah. How do you feel? Do you dress your kids like this? Just reach out to us. We're alone. We want to hear. We want to hear what you think. Guys, we want to talk about starting over because we're imparting on a little start over of our own. I took two articles, one from Psychology Today, which I love, and one from this blog called Lifeism, which is like a meditation mindfulness blog. As we said before, this is not the first time that Mom Traj has started over as a group. And Ashley and I are queens of the start over separately. And now together, too. Right. And every time we do it better. Starting over again and again and again can be hard. Often we're faced with a situation where we have to start again and the decision's kind of already been made for us. Because a lot of times we don't want to pull the trigger ourselves. And so someone else makes the decision. And I always view it as the universe helps you because you weren't ready to do it yourself, but you knew it had to be done. So the universe is like, here. Yep. I couldn't agree with that statement anymore. And it feels sudden, but it probably isn't. And you may have seen it coming, but still it reaches a point that it feels abrupt in the moment. But if we really look at it for a second, it wasn't really. It was just the universe cutting a cord that we were already wanting cut. Let's talk about Mandela's. So Mandela's are when you see meditation coloring books, it's those very ornate circles. So Tibetan Buddhists make these Mandela's. It's an intricate circular design that is created by Buddhist monks as a form of meditation. Monks create these patterns using colored powder on the ground. And many times they create beautiful stories from the illustrations that they make with grains of tiny colored sand. This process takes days to complete. Many monks give up food and sleep during to create these patterns. So they're not taking a break in between. No. Needless to say, it's an arduous process. When they finish creating the Mandela, the monks who created it in the first place gather together and they destroy it right when it's done. They undo what they spent days creating, but they destroy it with love and care. There is an important lesson in this process that everything is transitory. Nothing is constant except for change. Accepting change is probably the most important skill that we as humans can learn. You guys know how much I love my mom and that she is my best 
best friend. And I will tell you, she has taught me a zillion wonderful life lessons. But perhaps the best lesson is this. Because this is the kind of family I come from. There are always changes. You take good opportunities as they come your way. Even if it means some discomfort or some strife for a little while, if there is a light at the end of that tunnel, you take that opportunity. I owe so much to that life lesson, and I hope that that's something that I impart on Sebastian. The best thing you can do in life is get comfortable with the uncomfortable and pushing through it. And I feel like that's one of my superpowers, and I am so grateful to that. Well, as a yoga meditation teacher, I call myself a transition expert because often people come to me in the midst of some sort of change or in the middle of something because same thing, I've had a lot of changes and I've become very good at sitting in the uncomfortable, forcing myself to do things that I come up with some friction against because that's when you see what you're really made of. And the sub lesson for me in that is also appreciate what you have while you have it. That is because at any point, things can change. Things can change for the better. They can change for the worse. But the secret sauce is appreciating it while it is what it is. And I would add to that, the other secret sauce is not living for the big things, not living for when this happens. And then Uh we have this. It's appreciating the weird middle that doesn't have a name. The everyday, the mundane, the slog. I agree. So after they destroy the Mandela, then what? They begin again, just as we must all do as well. So here are a few more reasons why starting all over again is good. When we have to start all over again, we can distance ourselves from the one thing that was taking up a lot of attention and effort from us. We are forced to look at it from a different perspective. And instead of zooming in, we are zooming out and taking a bird's eye view of the problem. I don't even want to call it a problem. A bird's eye view of the situation. Taking a bird's eye view becomes especially important when we have been at it for years. Two, it opens up lots of other avenues. If we've been working on something for a while, we seldom have the opportunity to change the course of that project. And that's something Ashley and I have talked about is that because we were in this relationship and we had parameters for the relationship and we were in a groove, we haven't been able to change the course of this project that we have and that maybe there is growing that could happen that couldn't have happened before. Yeah. If we've been struggling with a situation in question for a while, not being able to make a decision either way, then the prospect of starting again likely gives us a sense of relief that we can start kind of with a blank slate. Sometimes when we spend a lot of time and energy on something, all the while doubting if we should be doing it the same way that we've been doing it, we experience a sudden sense of relief when it comes to an end. This reduces the load on our emotional, physical, and mental capacity and frees it up to take on something else or just begin the process or streamline it or just change it. Don't get us wrong. We may be good at change, but I can tell you I'm not like excited. We're going to be whiny little bitches to each other for a little while. It's going to be a lot of work. Yeah. But with this transition, we're probably going to learn like five more skills that will then make us even more marketable in some way. Uh-huh. So anyway, allows for learning. When we are faced with the prospect of starting something all over again, we have to rethink everything, which is the process that Ashley and I are in right now. And we do it better and faster. We look back to the last time we attempted to do it, which we've already started to do. When we are in a position to finally look at it from that perspective, we can truly see what we learned. There were things that we did well that worked out, things that we didn't and that we shouldn't do this time around. It also allows us to see the mistakes we made and how we can avoid them. Starting over is not a bad thing. I want to emphasize this. 
Sometimes it's exactly what we need to do. When life puts us in situations that require us to start over, we have to believe that there is a reason for it, that it happened because it's going to be good for us in the long run. Anything that is worth something takes time to build. Well, that's for sure. So if you're current reality requires you to start something all over again, don't hesitate. Know that you are unable to connect the dots today, but sooner than later, you will look back to this very moment and know that starting over was good and that it happened for a reason. Starting over is not the same as recouping from a failure. It's a new beginning. Here's the advantage I think you, Carrie, and I have over most people, and that is that we are artists. We are so used to being told no. We're so used to having to pick ourselves up And not even just because of mantras, just because of what we have chosen as our field in life. Rejection, it's a superpower because we're so used to it and you have no choice. You want to do this for a living? You got no choice. You got to learn how to accept it and make it work for you. Unless you're a Nepo baby. Even them. Lily Rose Depp was the best part of the idol. It's true. She was fantastic in it and that failed. Had all the juice behind it to be a success too. I'm going to say it again because it's worth saying. Starting over is not the same as recouping from a failure. It is a new beginning. This mindset is helpful because it keeps you from wasting your time being too hard on yourself. Moving through life is like climbing stairs. You go up a level and then you level off. Nothing is ever a straight shot. Some patience with yourself is needed to have a newfound direction. Three steps forward and and two two steps steps back. We need Scat Cat in our lives. We go together because opposites attract. And you know. I sang. Can you believe it? That's where this new start has left me. Okay, starting over may feel scary but it's really a cause for celebration. Think of it as exciting and many of your anxious feelings will begin to fade. Remember that your future is not governed by your past. Your future is not governed by your past. No matter what has happened in your life, you can find a way to make things a little better for yourself and hopefully for those around you as well. The point is everything in life is what you make it. Finally, I just want to say, this is a meditation that I have taught every one of my students. It's a Dharma talk. You know that episode in Sex in the City where she's on the trapeze The letting go one. Yes, it's iconic. When you're on a trapeze, two hands are on a bar in case you've never done it. When the trapeze comes to you, regardless of what your mind is telling you, you're supposed to completely let go of the bar and grab the next bar. There are a few seconds of what feels like an eternity of free fall where you're not holding on to anything. But it doesn't work if you stay holding on because everything in your mind says, let me hold on to the one bar while I'm grabbing the next. And almost everybody, when they try the trapeze, they do that at first. And what happens is your momentum stops. You have to let go of both bars and you fall to the ground. You have to trust that you need to fully let go of one bar in order to grab the next. How you perceive that free fall is what makes or breaks a person. Either you close your eyes and you're just like, whatever. You embrace it or you freak out. But sometimes, and I would venture to say all the time, you cannot get to the bar unless you completely let go of the first one. And that's how change is. Sometimes you're pushed off the ledge and sometimes you have to jump off yourself. So much so that there have been multiple situations in my life where no matter how hard I'm pushing, things are just not going the way I am trying to get them to go. And I wonder, what am I not doing? letting go of? What is the thing that I am 
refusing to let go of that is stopping me from doing this. I would say the universe will not bring you the new thing until you've let go of the first. Yes, that's why I turn within and I have to think, what is this thing I'm not willing to let go of? Here's another Soledadism for you all. That's my mom for anyone who doesn't know Soledad. Now, look, we believe in God. If you're not somebody who believes in God or source or whatever. Translate it with whatever you want. Exactly. But what my mom always said was when God's trying to get you to learn a lesson, first he throws a pebble and then he throws a rock and then he throws a stone until you are crushed under the weight of a huge boulder. So learn your lesson when the pebble is thrown. That's another one of those Soledadisms that I'm like, fuck, she's right. All that to say, we got this. We're not going anywhere, bitches. We're not going anywhere. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram at Momtourage Podcast so that you're staying up to date on what's happening. Change is good. What is it good for? Absolutely everything. Growing as a person. (laughs) (laughs) That was terrible. Hashtag swag bag. The best thing about having a two-person podcast with your best friend is that you can pump each other up. You're not in it alone. It's hard to spiral because someone else is there as your life preserver. So I thought this would be a good time for us to hashtag swag bag each other. I felt like we needed a little reminder of why we are two awesome boss-ass bitches. You? You started the show telling us why you're a boss-ass bitch. You need the reminder? I also said I was an ugly troll, okay? Life is complicated. (laughs) I figured that we would hashtag swag bag each other so that we can conquer this change feeling empowered and good about ourselves. Yeah. Ashley. Yes. I fucking love your work ethic. Thank you, mama. I have never met a person other than myself that will put in the time and go to the umpteenth degree and meet deadlines and do the work. You are the only motherfucker I would ever have a business with. Thank you. And I personally feel like whatever business we did, we would fucking dominate because you have a work ethic like no other. And I love that about you. Thank you. That is a big source of pride about myself. So thank you. And that was my first for you as well. (laughs) Sorry. Kindred spirits. And to go a step further, I think what I love even more is that where I lack, you make up. Yeah, we're real yin and yang. And we go through periods where it's like, I feel like I'm doing more work or Carrie feels like she's doing more work. But sometimes we just need each other to pick up the slack. And it always evens out. Always. It always comes out in the wash. It always evens out. Even if it's like a month of one person doing it, because we trust each other's work ethic, we don't sweat it. Right. It's not like, ooh, are they going to get it done? It's always getting done. Right. And I love that. Girl, your sense of style. Oh, thank you. You take pride in it and it's important to you. I love that not only is it your sense of personal style with how you dress, but it's your personal style in everything. The way that you created our website for us, the way that you do the show art, you just have a sense of polish and aesthetic to everything you do. And I'm a snobby bitch, so I don't like a lot of people's style. I really appreciate your style, even if it's not something that I would do. Totally. It's so on point and sort of like the work ethic done with a high quality aesthetic eye. Thank you very much. I feel the same way about you where it's like there are things where sometimes I'm like, no, that's not for me. But you rock it and you make it work and it looks good on you. You are very much expressing what is within external. 
externally. My next one for you is you are what I would consider a very good friend. I am putting that in quotations because it is very much when you think of what somebody should be as a good friend, that's Carrie. You need someone to cross the Arctic (laughs) to bring you some toilet paper. (laughs) Carrie will do it. Carrie will do it. You need someone to pick you up from the airport, drop you off at JFK, even though it'll take her six hours back and forth. Carrie will do it. You're looking for a white wreath from the Dollar Tree that she knows about. You better believe every time she goes to Dollar Tree, she's going to take a picture of the closest thing to it and say, is this it? You want me to get it? Good friend shit. And I put it in quotes because people can be good friends even though they don't necessarily do those things. I am not that kind of a friend. But you're still a good friend, right? I'm still a good friend. I hope you're enjoying this circle jerk of me and Ashley masturbating each other. I mean, I am. I'm loving it. (laughs) Me too. Fuck off if you don't. Now I understand why Carrie does so many tits where she talks so highly about herself. It makes you feel great. Does that feel good, right? Yes. Your devotion to your family. And I would say family and close friends, but your close friends are your family. Yes. Your devotion to them. Sometimes it's annoying, frankly, but I love it because I'm like that in a certain extent and I can't have people honestly in my life that don't understand that. I appreciate your deep love of your mom, your deep and fucking annoying love of your husband, Jesus Christ. Fucking get a room. I love it. (laughs) I just love that like the only people that you want to spend your time with are your family. That's the extension of a very small group of friends. Yeah. There's like 10 people that are your close friends that are also your family. Your dedication and devotion to them is not out of a sense of feeling like you need to. It's a sense of really wanting to because you love them. I hate to do this, but I literally have in here, her people are her people (laughs) gets loving her family so much. There just aren't a lot of people who understand what it is to love your people so much. And I say your people because it's not just your blood relatives. It's your chosen family. And always at the end of the day, you are always there open hearted, no matter what, to give love and to receive love, but to mostly give love and be there. Well, that's why I use the word devotion, because devotion is a commitment regardless of whether you get it back. I think that is, I guess because I also do the same thing, a very admirable trait to love so open heartedly and care so intensely about your people. I think it's a beautiful trait. Ashley, what I'm realizing now is we really just love ourselves. I know. Basically, all of them are the same ones. We're just narcissists. Uh Uh-huh. Your no bullshit attitude. Because I cannot find many bitches, male or female bitches, that can roll with my no bullshit attitude. And you also (laughs) have a no bullshit attitude. I love that you're just like, yeah, no time for small talk. I love that about you. Sometimes Carrie will be like, hey, do you want to go do this thing? And I go, no. No, no explanation, just no. And what do I do? I either go, ew, or I go, okay. Or you just don't respond. And I'm like, okay, message received. Hey, do you want to go see this live show? No, I don't like them. I don't want to go. I don't want to give them my money. Life is too short. I love that you're just like, yeah, fuck no. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Next on my list is you love poop as much as I do. You talk about poop. You'll send pictures of poop. When Lee listened to the poop episode and he was like, you guys are nasty. Neither one of us 
feels that's nasty. Those of you who listened to it might have been like, I can't believe these two broads actually did a whole segment on pooping. We didn't bat an eyelash. We didn't give it a second thought. Yup, we're talking about poop. I sent you a picture of my child's turd this weekend. You did. I meant on sending you a picture of a turd I took the other day. You know when you only have one little teeny tiny turd? And it looked like a cock and balls. It was (laughs) so funny. I love your commitment to personal growth. You are not afraid of working on yourself when you come up against something that you don't like about yourself. Whether it's fixing your teeth, whether it's quitting smoking. I haven't been very successful with that second one. But I'm just saying. Or whether it's working on a codependent relationship with your mom. I know you don't talk about that much, but me and Ashley both have codependent relationships on our moms. We are only children kids. Yeah. I feel like every only children kid has a codependent relationship with their parents. We're not speaking out of school here. And I don't really talk about it because my parents didn't choose what I've chosen for my life and I don't want to make them feel any way. I don't know who listens to anything. I personally feel like every only child is codependent with their parent. Now, however successful or not successful, that's not the point. The point is you are continually committed to growth and change and working on yourself. So the next one on my list about you is speaks fondly about the past, no shame. And I mean this in two different ways. The first way is you can tell stories from your 20s about fucked up things you've done, hoe things you've done, fucked up guys you've dated, someone shitting in a bathtub, like all (laughs) kinds of crazy stories. We didn't shit in a bathtub. We clogged the toilet so much it came through the bathtub. Right. Okay. (laughs) However you want to look at that. It's called the poop tub incident. (laughs) But my point is, you appreciate the things that have made you who you are. You're not embarrassed. You don't feel the need to turn your back on where you were at a certain point in life. And I think that is very, very admirable. And in that, I also mean in the sense of self-growth, it's the same thing. It's like things have happened and you also turn within and do the work to try and be a better person and try to set a good example for your daughter and ain't everybody doing that stuff, my friend. Thank you. Not everybody's willing to tell a story about their 20s with so much pride. I love that because that made you who you are. Your long-ass arms. Love those long-ass arms. <laughs> Carrie thinks I have really long arms. I actually think that ratio-wise, I have longer arms than you. Yours just look longer. You are not afraid to look shit up and figure out how to do it your own damn self. You're just like, don't know how to do it? Look it up. Watch a tutorial. Fucking figure it out. How else are you going to figure it out, my friend. Okay, your bad photoshops. When I am truly in the depths of depression and despair, just a shitty photoshop (laughs) that Carrie puts together. I mean, I love them. The working girl one. The working girl one with Matt is hysterical. (laughs) The classic Paris and Nicole simple life one. Snooki and JWoww. Oh, Snooki and JWoww. That one, we look so (laughs) fucking weird and distorted. It is so good. That's why I repost them on Montrage's Instagram so often at least once a year because they're so good we need to revisit them. (laughs) Also, you are truly a very good gift giver. Like Matt is also, but Matt keeps a running tally in his phone. That totally counts. But you come up with shit out of nowhere. That's like a very good gift. Thank you. And then you are a snob. Sometimes it drives me fucking bonkers. Sometimes 
I could just look at it and laugh and just be like, <laughs> you crazy ass bitch. Who do you even think you are? But I like it and I appreciate it. It's only gotten worse since I've been with Lee. I've only known you with Lee, but it has certainly gotten worse as time has gone on. And I expect it to be full blown Delulu soon. <laughs> You're going to love when it's Delulu though. It's going to yeah. be like some Sonia Morgan and Luanne de Lesseps business. Unbearable or it's going to be Grey Gardens delusional in the Sonia Morgan kind of way, which I am absolutely here for. I am just a for this delusional snobbery ride. Leah and I on that plane last night go, let's embrace luxury. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Matt says shit like that too, where I'm just like, who the fuck are you? He's like, is it too much to ask for a robe in my hotel room? While I agree, I don't know, is it too much to ask? I have one last one for you. Okay. Your unabashed love of shit food and crap TV. You said shit. I did say shit. I love that you like a taki. You'll eat a hot dog. You love a Taco Bell gordita. No, bean burrito. Sorry, Taco Bell bean burrito. Can I say something for them? Yes. Well, that's your shit and your tits, poopy talk. Thank you. Oh, can you sing your witches and bitches song? Um, one little, two little, three little witches. Slide over haste. Slide over ditches. Slide over moon means without any bitches. Hey, Halloween's near. Hey, Halloween's near. Whoa, okay. And your love of crap TV. 100%. I have two more for you. Okay. You're always down to clown. Always. You are always down. Even if you're like, I'm on Ozempic, I can't really drink. Or like, (laughs) I can't smoke weed in that way. I have to do a gummy. But you are still fucking down. It is always a story and a good time. Listen, if we're going to be out of the house, might as well make it worth it. Right. Otherwise, I could have been home in my jammies watching crap TV eating Taco Bell. And then the last is, you gave me Judith. Oh, I did. Judith brings me so much joy, and I am so eternally grateful. You have encouraged my love of plants. You have taught me how to care for other living things, other than, you know, the dog and child boy. (laughs) I didn't have those capabilities before. You've encouraged my love, and I am very grateful for that. Guys, this has been a long episode, but you know what? If we take a break, you'll come back to this episode and be like, thank God they did a long one. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye, poops. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Herring-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at Mama Drama Band or MamaDramaBand.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.